0: Welcome to Growing Together Families, a podcast where we discover ways to connect to God and each other every single day. Now here's your host, Tanya Campen. Welcome to Growing Together Families, and to this episode where we are going to be talking about blessing your family. My name is Tanya, and I am so glad that you are here. Today we're gonna talk about practicing the spiritual practice of blessing our family and blessing others. I have to be honest and say, this is one of my favorite spiritual practices and so I'm really excited to get to talk to you about it today. The spiritual practice of blessing is a tool that we can use to offer love and hope to others as we remind them that God is present in every moment and that God is with them and that they have all they need to do the important work of loving God and loving neighbor every day. If you sneeze in public, my guess is that you will hear at least one person respond, bless you. This is perhaps the simplest, most common example of what we might call a blessing. At the end of worship, you might notice that the worship leader gives what we call a benediction or a bestowing of a blessing at the end of a worship service. They may say, go in peace. As you leave the service, the words of the blessing that are given remind us of who we are and provide encouragement as we prepare to go back into the world to do God's holy work. There are many examples of blessings that are given and words that are used for this important practice. Words of blessing offer an opportunity for us to give and receive words of love to remind one another who we are as God's beloved children and to encourage each other in the work that God has called us to do. Barbara Brown Taylor is one of my favorite preachers and she describes the spiritual practice of blessing as a way to give thoughtful prayer to those we love. What a gift this practice offers us and our family. I was first introduced to blessing as a spiritual practice for those we are in community with when I was trained as a godly play storyteller. Following the pattern of worship, godly play includes a time of blessing at the end of every session. Participants are invited to receive a blessing from their godly play teacher before leaving the classroom that day. This looks different in various settings. It might be the sign of the cross on a hand or on a forehead. The words used can vary too. The blessing that I first used and learned is very simple and is easy to remember. God loves you, God's with you, Go in peace. I still remember receiving this blessing. The trainer looked me in the eyes, made the mark of a cross on my forehead, and said those simple words to me God loves you, God's with you, go in peace. I was greatly impacted by this experience, and as I returned home, I was eager to begin using this tool in my own ministry. As I began to introduce this practice into my own work with children, including my godly play classroom, I began to see the impact on me and on the children as we blessed each other. One of my favorite stories is of a time several years ago when a young child joined my godly play circle. This child was new to the church and to this group. He was tentative and shy and stood in the back of the room as his newly adopted parents encouraged him to join the group. At the end of our time together, I invited the children up one by one to receive their blessing. And it's important to note that I always give people the choice of if they want to receive the blessing and how they would like to receive their blessing. They might receive it in the air, on their hand, or on their forehead. But we have to remember that we need to honor people's space and to recognize that this might not be a welcomed gift, even though when we're giving it in love. And so I just always give them the option. I I welcome them and I say, can I give you a blessing? Where would you like your blessing? And so as I did this with this young child that day, this particular child decided that he wanted his blessing on his feet. So I obliged and I blessed his shoe and I sent him on his way. Every week, this young child returned to this community. And every week at the end of our time together, I would offer him a blessing. Over time, this child would start to ask for the blessing on his hand, and after a year, he asked me to bless him on his forehead. This was our time to connect every week and for me to offer a prayer as I reminded him how much God loves him. Three years later, this child was old enough to move on to the youth group, and like most children's ministers— On the first day of the new year, I was excited to meet the new faces that were coming up into Sunday school and I already missed the ones who had moved on to youth group. At the end of class, I looked up and I saw this now adolescent child standing in the back of the room and I asked him if he was there to pick up his brother and sister and he said yes. He paused for a moment and then he continued. I was wondering if I can still get my blessing. He walked toward me, pulled back his hair, As I moved to greet him with the words that I had said so many times over those three years God loves you, God's with you, go in peace. On that day, I was forever changed as I realized that this time of blessing had become an opportunity for us to grow in our relationship and for me to offer words to remind this young person that he was a loved child of God. And as I think about how I was changed in those moments, I like to think that this young man was changed too. That moment taught me that when we give blessings out of respect and love and when they are wanted and received, that we can make a deep and lasting impact when we bless others. Just as a pastor or ministry leader has an opportunity to bless members in their congregation, we have an opportunity to bless the members of our household every day. In his book, The Family Blessing, Rolf Gorberg talks about the importance of a daily blessing and gives family guidance into how to do this work at home. Rolf lists out the following steps as a way to get started. And you can find a link to his book in the blog that accompanies this podcast episode at growingtogetherumc.org. Rolf encourages us to first start blessing our children today. Wherever you are, however you're old, old your children are, start today. And as you start, again, remember, this might feel awkward and it might feel messy. With younger children, you can just simply before bed say, I'm going to give you a blessing before bed. Is that okay? Or would you like me to give you a blessing? Or just bless the air as you're leaving their bedroom. Whatever this looks like for you, I encourage you to start blessing your children in some way today. If this doesn't feel comfortable to you and your family, you could also write a note of blessing. You could put it on the mirror in their bathroom. You can put it in a lunchbox. Or just as they're leaving the car, you can say, as you leave, remember, God loves you and God's with you, and I love you too. There's many ways to do this, but what's most important is that we start as soon as possible. The second thing that Ralph encourages us to do is to find a consistent time to bless your family. And, and we've talked a little bit about that in this podcast, how setting aside time and naming when you're going to practice using these spiritual tools is really important. And so bedtime might become an opportunity where you bless your children and your family. You might do it at the start of a new day or again as you're sending your children out to school or to another activity for our family we have found blessing at bedtime works really well from the moment my son was born we have blessed thumper every night every night before i leave his bedroom and shut the door i will say to him god loves you god's with you sleep well knowing you are loved and then i'll give hugs and kisses and i will slowly leave his bedroom. Again, it doesn't matter what time of day you bless your children. It doesn't matter what words you say. It's just important that we find that consistent time. And you might even consider what it looks like to bless your spouse or your partner, too. Writing words of blessing, again, on a bathroom mirror, or putting a note in somebody's car, or just simply as you're hugging them goodbye, Asking, can I offer you a blessing or saying the words, I love you and God loves you. I'm so grateful of you for that you're in my life. However you do it, what's important is that we're intentional in, in doing the work and finding a consistent time. Step three is to ask God for the words. You might find words in scripture or you might use some of the blessings that I have listed again in the blog that accompanies this podcast. There are so many choices. Barbara Brown Taylor in her book An Altar in the World reminds us that this can be messy and it can feel weird and it can feel awkward. And so she advises that the easiest way to learn to write a blessing is just to do it. She suggest that you can begin by blessing any old stick that you find lying around and say, bless you stick for being you. (laughs) The idea is just to make it playful and to have fun and to find opportunities to practice so that it becomes part of your language and part of your practice. When something feels new or different, the best way to move through the initial hesitation is simply just to practice it. We can get comfortable using this tool by starting simple, like blessing something like a stick or a tree, as we make the words and the action our own. Garborg suggests that you talk to your family about what a blessing is so that they are not surprised or unsure about what is happening. Again, it's important that we move with care. And that we recognize that these aren't magic words, but they're simply us acknowledging God's presence and love for our family members as we also let them know how much we love them. And like I've said, I've, I've learned over the years in practicing this tool that, that we need to move with care and we need to respect the people that we are blessing Unfortunately, I've, I've heard stories and people have told me, you know what? I grew up in a church where they forced blessings on me and it just felt icky and I didn't like it and I would prefer you not bless me. And so we need to recognize that this practice doesn't work for everybody. And if you've had a traumatizing experience with it, it's really not going to feel good. And so we lean into using this practice and doing this work well by first communicating with the people that we are in relationship with and saying, we're gonna, I'm going to practice this new spiritual tool. Is it okay if I offer you this blessing? You're giving them autonomy, giving them choice and honoring who they are and what feels comfortable to them is so important. For example, anytime I bless a person of any age for the first time, I always take time to explain what I'm doing and it doesn't always make it less wonky or weird or messy, right? But it does help us to learn and grow as we practice the tool together, and like I've said, it it gives people space, you know, to back up and to say, you know, no, thank you, not today, or you can bless the air, that would be great, (laughs) you know. Um, But recognizing that that there's different ways to do this in ways that will feel that that people will welcome. Like the other disciplines that we've talked about so far in this podcast, the more you practice it, the easier it gets. And in my experience, using this tool changes you and the person that you are blessing when it is given and received with care and respect and love. It's never too early or too late to begin blessing your family. Remember, there is not one way to do this work. We do not pick up spiritual tools to use them perfectly but we pick them up and we practice using them as we seek ways to connect to God and other. This can look different in every home, every community, and every ministry setting. This has looked different in my family depending on the time and place when I offer the blessing. When I was pregnant, I dreamed of the day when I would hold my son for the first time, give him his name, and bless him. I will always remember the moment when they put my son in my arms. He opened his eyes and he looked at me as I made the sign of the cross on his forehead. I spoke his name for the very first time and said, welcome to the world. We are so glad you are here. We started that day blessing our son and every night we would again, we would bless him before he goes to bed. When it came time for me to return to work and I had to leave him at daycare, as a first-time mom, I was really struggling to say goodbye. And so in order to make the transition easier, as I left, I asked God to watch over him in my absence and I blessed him, saying, God loves you, God's with you, have a great day. When I would check on my son in the afternoon, I would bless him before laying him in his crib at school for his afternoon nap. This was our way to connect and to pray together. This short moment provided me with the peace I needed to leave him in the care of his teachers. You can tell maybe that I still get choked up when I think about it. It was a very special moment for me and my son. Blessing Thumper provides me with an opportunity to connect to him. And that is why I really wanted to share this tool with you in this episode with the hope that it could be a tool that your family can use as you connect to God and each other. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to talk to many families about this, their experience with the spiritual practice in their homes. I've had several who've shared with me their experiences of blessing older children and adolescents. Parents have shared with me that when it feels weird or if their child goes to bed on their own, that sometimes... They will stand in their child's doorway, making a sign of the cross in the air, offering a silent blessing over their sleeping, child, adolescent, young adult. One memorable story comes from a dad who once shared with me about his experience and favorite moments of blessing his son. He shared that he blessed his son every night since his son's birth, similar to my family. And he told me, when we dropped my son off at college... He turned to leave, and as he did, he heard his son say, Hey, Dad, aren't you going to bless me before you go? What a wonderful gift we can give to our families. When we do this work, we have an opportunity to strengthen our relationship with our families, show them how much they are loved by God and by us, and remind them that they are not alone in the world. This is one way we can connect. The hope is that this will help give them the faith, the confidence, and the courage they need to live in the world as Christ's beloved child. And again, it's important to remember that we can bless our spouses, partners, and other family and friends too. This might come in the form of a physical blessing like I've described, an email, a note, surprise note somewhere. You can really get creative with this spiritual tool. And as I mentioned before, I have several blessing suggestions and ideas and resources and tools on my website, growingtogetherumc.org, listed alongside the blog that accompanies this podcast on family blessing. As you practice this spiritual tool in your homes, I hope you will share your experiences and your blessings on the Growing Together Families Facebook page. This is how we can all learn from one another. Until next time, I offer this blessing in prayer. God loves you. God's with you. Go in peace. Until next time, be well, and I'll catch you in the next episode. You have been listening to Growing Together Families. For podcast notes and resources, visit us at growingtogetherumc.org.